I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I'm Francis, joined as always by my host, Julio Gallarotti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today we are learning, as we record, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It has begun. And I, for one, am glad that I have chosen this moment to start really taking a lot of creatine because <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a time, more a more apt time in American history for our fighting men to bulk up. <laughs> Dude, they might need you. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, if nothing else, we want our guys looking big. Need them ready to go. I want people, you know, we we got to impose a muscular front. The bigger you are, the more likely we are to get to the negotiation table faster. That's exactly <laughs> it. When they see you standing there in your green beret. You know what hasn't been good for my confidence? What? I've been watching a lot of uh, Russian bare-knuckle boxing league Jeez. fights. Those guys are the real deal. They wear jeans. Dude. They wear jeans and no shirts. It's amazing. Why are you wearing jeans? And it's always those (laughs) sort of faded skinny jeans that they wear in Russia. (laughs) And then the ring is just hay bales in some basement. (laughs) Those guys are are tough, huh? Cheering them on. Oh, my God. Russians are tough people. They sure are. They sure are. I feel like those smacking competitions are Russian people, too. What are we doing? Just smacking the shit out of each other, (laughs) that's crazy it's just nuts it's really nuts the problem with that slapping thing is that they there's such a gray i mean not a gray area but like they they you hit someone with your palm here that's a punch (laughs) yeah that's all that is whereas if you hit them with your fingers are you even allowed to do that they do i know it's like sometimes you don't hear the slap because you're just hearing the thud it's a a punch dude fucked up well fucked up dude okay we have so much to catch up on Lots um, to uncover. I I'm, I I have to say that uh, after our last conversation about how I was in a music drought, I stumbled upon the the musical stylings of one Jack Harlow, <laughs> and oh my God, are we back? You're back, baby. I feel like I've I've discovered a trove of musical wonder that I didn't really know existed, and I am enamored of him. He's cool. By the way, really quick, people think the verb enamored, well, actually, I guess it's an adjective, takes the preposition with. I am enamored with him. I think the actual correct preposition is enamored of him. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is. Most people will get that wrong. I think I would have guessed by, as you could tell by the fact that I just guessed by. You know, it could be (laughs) that all of them work, honestly, but I think it's enamored of. Am I right? Ryan's giving me the thumbs up. That's what I like to see. Well done. Um, Jack Harlow is putting out music right now that is, to me, exactly what I've been waiting for through all of this mumbly, jumbly guttural nonsense that you guys have liked for so long dude he's very much fits right in with all that nope that's that's wrong his beats have melody they have there's a distinct hook there is uh he's he's doing that thing that drake does where he raps 
slightly to the tune of the beat. So it's like a little bit of a mix between sing and rap. Dude, I, to be honest, I, I don't, I think I could say objectively that he's not doing anything groundbreaking. While I agree that he's very good, it's not like some unique new, maybe you just like new hip hop more than you think, dude. No, because, you know, I go to listen to Quavo and these other people that you guys really like, and I don't know what's <laughs> happening. It just sounds like I'm on hold. <laughs> on some you know trying to buy knives or something and dude i promise you there's you, many other guys like him out jack there. jack harlow i get it i get what he's going for i like the words i like the way that his his flow doesn't end where you think it's gonna end sometimes he'll cut a line short in the measure does that make yeah, sense yeah he doesn't rap all the way to the end of the bar yes, but then, then no. you know does that make sense yeah i know what you're saying yeah that song he's got with Big Sean is unbelievable. The new one? I don't know. It came out. I don't think it's. Was it the one you were new. texting us about? Or is this a different one? Well, the Nail, Nail Tech is yeah, his yeah, new, that's one. The new one. And that, I mean, that's just. Mm -hmm. And there's something, too, where John Mayer posted on his Instagram a clip from Jack Harlow's music video. And John Mayer said that he had done some of the, I guess, synthesizing music for that interlude section of the song it's oh, like cool. a, a moment where there's no singing or whatever and as soon as i saw that it just made me like jack harlow and the song 10 times more because we all know <laughs> that john mayer follows oops the podcast on instagram <laughs> which we're still trying to get we to the bottom of that we still can't really figure out how he found his way to us and why he's remained a loyal follower but it is one of those things that we are we hold near and dear to our hearts chris is making sure that he still follows us don't look i don't want to know i'd rather live in in ignorance if, if he's left our our coop well, dude, Francis, I don't understand why you liking Jack Harlow needs to also turn into an assault on my on my listening taste. Because you guys have been wrong <laughs> all this time. He still follows us. Yes, you guys have been Bro, wrong. No, we haven't. All, we like Jack Harlow. No, you, you know, here's the thing: none of none none of the rappers that you guys like are like Jar Jack Harlow. Dude, don't forget Jack Harlow and I are boys, dude. What? We, we hung out for five hours at one time. Come on. I would say there's a 97% chance that he does not remember. He won't remember me, especially based on the fact that <laughs> better, better chance it takes that more he than five hours. You or the guy <laughs> from Ludlow House. House. <laughs> I would say hopefully Jack Harlow. I could, but, but I, could, I could remind him at least of the occasion and he would go, oh, and pretend. Yeah, but he's 23. You know, his memory's ripe. <laughs> he's not some aged wanderer. Dude, he, I, I, this is my thoughts on him. He, he's tall, is which, he? which I think is underrated. He's very tall. He's as tall as you, if not taller. Are you serious? Yeah. I would never have guessed he's huge. that. Yeah. He's tall. He's charming. He has star power. He's a good sense of humor. He's good at rapping. He's, he seems to be focused. I think he has a bright future. You know, he raps big things like, uh, my skin look good. I'm healthy. You know, I, I like that. I love that. <laughs> I love a guy that's rapping that. about his skincare. Um, <laughs> the only issue I have, you say he's tall. I watched him in the NBA All-Star game. Just a couple highlights from him from the NBA All-Star celebrity game. And he is utterly inept on a basketball court. Mm. He made a layup on a breakaway that, you know, it, it's, it sort of looked like when you're teaching someone to play basketball. He yeah. threw it so hard off the backboard, <laughs> and it miraculously went in. It had there was no touch, no grace. 
Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> and then I listened to the great song Tyler Hero. Mm. Um, where he's like, I'm down South Beach. My boy Tyler in the summer told me I had to work on my jumper. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you guys didn't do much work, did you? <laughs> like, your game is still not good, and you're training with NBA players? Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Jack. Dude, two, two thoughts to that. First of all, Tyler Hero, one day he, like, broke a spread by, like, shooting a three from half court for no reason at the end of the game, which ended up losing me money. I, like, wasn't that upset about it, but I went on Reddit to try to, like, commiserate with my fellow... <laughs> bet losers like i didn't say anything but like dude one guy goes he starts being like you fucking he's like tyler here you cultural appropriating fuck he's like i'm betting the under on your points for the rest of your career it's like so salty dude oh man these gamblers i am dude who were the standouts in the celebrity game before we move on i don't know i I, all i did my boy annuel play who Did did you see him annuel he played in the celebrity game and he seems know. like he's a has a good jump shot, but he's short. The only thing I saw were, uh, you know, a couple various clips of Jack Harlow on Twitter. So I didn't, okay, I didn't okay. dive. Too I didn't deep. watch either. I know Jay Cole's good at basketball. <clears throat> he's he spectacular. Play? Yeah, he's like almost league. Well, he tried. He's like D league. Yeah, he was trying to follow in the footsteps of Master P. Oh, I forgot Master who P. Who was drafted? Master P played for University of Houston. Yeah, and was very good. Was very good. That's sick, dude. Also, two chains played Division One basketball. Is that right? Two chains yeah. is super tall. I think yeah. he's like six six or something. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. Not six six. I think he's really tall. I think yeah. really. Yeah. Right. Uh, J Cole went to St. John's D one to play basketball. I knew the University of Houston didn't sound right. And then he no, no Master P went to University of Houston. Oh, is yeah, that right? Yeah, you didn't yeah, say yeah. that. No. He um yeah he went to St. John's and then he dropped out to pursue rap. I think right before the fir- before the season started. Wow, must so, be nice to cool. be that talented. Yeah, <laughs> are you serious? I was I'd I'd love to hear sort of a compendium of stories of people who did that for whom it did not work out. Right, and right, what dude. Me, me too. That's all I could think watching the Kanye documentary. Which I know you've watched. Oh my god, dude! When I he's, haven't seen part two yet. I haven't either. So when when he's standing there, this isn't really a spoiler because like if you've listened to a College Dropout and you've listened to the last song, you're very familiar with this story to begin yeah. with. But he was like kind of bum rushed the Rockefeller office, yeah, and was forcing people to listen to his music in a way that like a hundred percent of the time is super cringe. It's easy to look back on a person who became a star and be like, I can't believe these people didn't see it. Yeah, but like think about how often that story the guy who's doing that is almost always terrible <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it really reminds me of the story you told last week where you were in the car with that guy and he called his agent was like let me call my agent really quick and they were like yeah never call here again and he goes what the fuck was that about <laughs> It's one of the craziest, funniest things I've ever heard you say <laughs> dude that was a funny one bro I know it's crazy, man. You need the blind belief, but it's sad because like we only hear the stories of like the, how it worked out for people. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of people who have the same work ethic as like the best player of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like yeah. just can't quite cut it. It's it's tough. Yes, it is. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now, and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast. I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics, 
You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. I mean, look, I think <laughs> there's so much. I'm glad we're talking. This is a good, this is good. Uh, good the Kanye thing. I, uh, You know, Kanye, the thing that was interesting about Kanye was that even at 19 and 20, he was such a talented producer and had distinguished himself with H to the Izzo and a bunch of, you know, beats for Jay-Z and DMX. Dude, even seeing him with Mace, I yeah. didn't realize he was like even in the mix at that point. Right. I mean, he he had tons of belief, but like, I think there's a part of me that, you know, wonders, okay, it's one thing to have that level of self-belief and to be that relentless and just just not caring that you're bothering people by putting your work in front of them if uh if you're just like on the streets and you're not making any money right and there's desperation to it right but for kanye to basically be forcing people to consider him for a pivot right right which is what that was is i don't know if that's more remarkable or if it's less remarkable because I hear you. he's making enough money you know what i mean he's yeah, like he's ah, my back's well. not against the wall I'll just sell another beat and he was doing that he was like right. i gotta i guess i gotta go sell another beat i'll do another thing and you know he's not giving his he, he was like i'm not giving my beats away for free which i i totally understood um and but it i did find that that character study of him watching his facial expressions you know he he had so much belief in what he was doing and he felt it so strongly and he was right totally he was right to the 10,000th degree yeah and it was it was nice to see the people who believed in him and some of it was stuff that i had known about others it was like surprising um but, you know, it was nice to see. And, and you got to remember at that time, it was like a much more, the vibe was a lot more of like a street vibe as they, as they sort of talk about in the doc, mm-hmm. but it is true. And yeah, like co-signing him aged extremely well, mm-hmm. but it is funny. And to your point, like the pivot, is it more impressive since he had been pigeonholed as a producer or would it have been more impressive if he had just busted the door down as a nobody? I still think busting the down, busting the door down as a nobody is maybe more impressive. He has a little bit of leverage since he has the best beats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. we got to sort of keep this guy happy. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't fully tell him to fuck off, even though they sort of rolled their eyes in his face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, uh, it, it, it really spoke to me about how you can really write your own narrative. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You might feel a certain way at one point, but like no new Kanye fans know of, about that. Right. Know that he was just a producer, even if they've like heard the story or whatever. Like if you weren't really around then, it's hard to know that like nobody really thought of him as a rapper. Right. Then. You know what I mean? Right. And it, he sort of transcended it now. He's it, like everything. It, it, exactly. Now he can. Yeah. He's just this just a force. creative God. <laughs> That's what he is. He's he, literally he a creative creates God. worlds in every vertical. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, now, this topic of becoming known for something and wanting to 
do something else is an interesting one. Yeah. Where, you know, we see people who become famous or become known for doing one thing and then they try to expand. And sometimes we, society, allow it to happen seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And other times we resist and say, no, that's not who you are. Who do you think you are trying to jump into this thing? Um, take, for example, Justin Timberlake, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake was a brilliant singer, musician, right? Dancer, boy band, all that shit. And then out of nowhere, he's in the Facebook movie, mm-hmm. which is a great movie. It's a brilliant movie. It's, it's one solid, of the best yeah. movies and he's ever. Good in it too. And I remember watching that. I think he had done like one other or two other movies before that that were dog shit. <laughs> that you know everyone scoffed at and Alpha then all dog the, yeah did you see that i don't know if that was before or after i've never seen it yeah and then all of a sudden aaron sorkin cast him in the you know the social network which was again i mean a movie that was highly anticipated and he was great he yeah. played the annoying sean Napster. what's it called yeah what's that guy's name sean parker sean parker yeah from the napster founder and uh, all of a sudden, Justin Timberlake was an actor, and nobody had any issues with it. Um, and that was interesting, right? But here's another example. So Theo Vaughn, ah, yeah, good friend of mine, great example. And I, I, I know I'm name dropping there, but I, I, I say that because he is very nice to me. <laughs> uh, you're not even name dropping. I was name dropping by saying Jack Harlow and I are extremely. But close that friends. was cool because <laughs> I mean. Jack Harlow, you extremely know, good best friends. rapper since Eminem. <laughs> um, so Theo Vaughn, right? Early, early in his career, I mean, his first moment of any public notoriety was doing the MTV Road Rules thing, mm-hmm. uh, for which he, you know, was featured for a couple of seasons, and he was just this kid from New Orleans or Louisiana, or whatever, uh, who got plucked out and, and placed on this show, and said all these zany things and was people really liked him but he was only like 20 years old 19 20 21 you go back and look at him and you're like wow that that's young and then nobody you know he i guess unbeknownst to a lot of people probably he was pursuing stand-up comedy after that for years mm. years and years and years and was getting slowly better and better and better and he got a netflix special and when he got that netflix special people were like is that theo from road rules yeah. And <clears throat> and he had been trying to sort of like outrun that reputation for a long time. He too. was trying to shed it. And has. Finally. It took him a it while. It took him though. 15 yeah. years. And, yeah. and and also achieving a level of ability in comedy that he's very funny. is so I undeniable so that like everyone's like, oh, I I can't believe he ever did that MTV yeah. Road Rules thing. I know, only know him as a comedian now. Yeah. He has so firmly redefined himself. And you know it's a testament to his ability and i still remember the time that we had him on our radio show at barstool and he was like i was texting with him and he was like yeah the only thing i don't really want to talk about is the road rule stuff yeah and i was like oh interesting you know i'm curious why not and he was like i've just it's been i've talked about it before i i'm trying i'm done with that chapter in my life like i don't want it so he he would made a real point to not even bring it up. Yeah. He didn't want it brought up. He didn't want anyone talking about it anymore. And, uh, you know, I thought that was really interesting. So it's a difficult transition for the reality person to sort of do anything else. 
besides like hosting. Right. You'd think that in theory, doing stand-up would be a logical thing for them to do because they've been themselves in public already. They can continue to do it. For some reason, the industry sort of looks at it as lowbrow entertainment. Right. And there's definitely a big learning curve. And you also just kind of like get bullied, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the people yeah. we know who did reality, who now try to do comedy, get they get bullied. Well, let's, whether it's to their face or they can feel it in the air and I'm impressed when they kind of stick with it. Yeah. Gee, I mentioned about how I've just been feeling very good lately, mm. you know, in terms of uh, psyche and, and balance and clarity of purpose and all of that. And, and I'm not going to lie. I get the feeling that some of that has to do with my athletic greens. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know for sure. Okay. But I, I got a good feeling. <laughs> That the Athletic Greens is giving me that boost, that health, that intention that I needed in my life. What's your like uh, process of taking it? When, I, how? First, first thing in the morning before I, take, before I even have water, I uh, take a little scooper, throw it in there, mix it with some water, shake, that, shake it up, and uh, basically chug it. Amazing. And I can feel it coursing through my veins. Yeah, well, dude, it does, it's not surprising that you're feeling so good because it does support better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness, things go. that you are saying you have in troves, mm -hmm. um, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Ah, uh, yes, I have a bad cold brew habit. <laughs> and dude, everybody loves it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It is a home run product. It's really good. Big uh, fans here. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health. Uh, and arm yourself and your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading, uh, you know, at, at, since we're kind of in the depths of the flu and cold season, if you want to keep your immune system strong, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash oops. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash oops to take uh, ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hannah Burner. We had Hannah Burner on the podcast early. I mean, it was episode three. Uh, one of the yeah first right? first episodes of the podcast. Maybe episode two. Yeah, right. And uh, Hannah's great. Four. And Hannah was had, you know, made her name on um uh summer house. episode four ryan confirming yeah she was big on summer house on on uh bravo mm -hmm. and i asked her we asked her when she came on the pod do you fear that doing reality tv might somehow pigeonhole you in your career or limit your options for what you can do later on and she had a great answer to that i forget what she said well i think she said that given um given the tools of twitter and instagram and all of this that she felt like unlike reality stars of the past who don't necessarily have control over what the producers chop up and put on uh the show which defines you now you have all these outlets to connect with your fans away from the show her podcast right, true her twitter all this stuff and she's able to kind of build her career in conjunction with whatever they're putting out and you know she's since left uh summer house and is now a full-blown comedian yeah touring <clears throat> her podcast with Paige, her friend from summer house and they're fucking selling out theaters and, and doing st and doing road like yeah exactly as well. so you know she's another person where i 
I watch her and I'm kind of like, not like on stage, just like watch her life. And I'm like, how does she have so much energy? She really gets a lot done. <laughs> yeah. She gets a lot done. And I'm, it, I'm wondering, I'm like, how does she do so much? It makes you realize uh, that we probably could do more. <laughs> right. Which no, is I, always a sad wake up call. Dude, I don't, to be honest, I don't know that I could. <laughs> like maybe. Do you think that? I don't know. Like, I'm sure I could, but like, I don't know that I could ever have the output the way that she does. All right. So that's a great, that's a great point, which is, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I could improve. Two days ago, I had a very full day. Feel, did it feel good? <laughs> I had a day where I had to wake up early and go into the city. And then I had to get home and scarf down a lunch as fast as possible. <laughs> Inhaled it. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I ate it standing. You know, that Dude, kind of a it. lunch. Love like it. I worked at a restaurant. That's, or like when I, that's a sure fire way to tell somebody's like anorexic if you're not sure. If oh, really? Standing up. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> Weird side. No, no, I didn't know that. Um, And then I, you know, I had things all day and then I had a show at night and then I finally got home and I climbed into bed and I, my head hit the pillow and I had the thought of, wow, you know. I really earned it. I earned my sleep. Mm. I had uh, that was a full day. That was a life well lived today. It's a good feeling, and it was a good feeling. And then the next day, I actually went back and and asked myself, you know, was every minute accounted for? Was there blank space? Did I dawdle mm. at any point? And there was like a two hour chunk from like. <laughs> But you need a pit 1130 stop in the die. morning until I don't even know when it was exactly where I was like fucking around watching Champions League highlights on YouTube. But dude, you can't like when are you going to because you have a show like when are you going to relax? You have to relax. You need the pit yeah, but, stop. But listen, you got to change the tires. Listen, this was my this was my defining day. Mm-hmm. This was my day where I said, wow, right, right, right. you know, That's if I lived every day that way. I would be the president of the United States of America. <laughs> um, if I could, if I could truly maximize my time as as much as I did that day, you know that this that day was unlike any other. That was an aberration, and yet even on my aberration day, your finest day, I still had time where I was like, mm-hmm. you know, screwing around, yeah. screwing around. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I yeah. do wonder about the days of these people we look up to and how much screwing around time they're doing. Yeah, I've tried to like any time where I'm feeling, you know, kind of like, oh, why am I not doing that kind of thing? I try to like spin that in a positive way, which I found to be effective. Like, okay, instead of wondering, you know, instead of like having negative feelings about things and people or whatever, it's like, you know, what are they doing right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that's an interesting thing to observe. And, you know, in, in the in the quest for improvement, mm-hmm. like, what could I be doing? What, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, Bill Gates in his uh, documentary, Inside Bill's Brain, takes a week every year. I think he calls it Think Week. Oh, that's cool. Where he just goes off on his own with a canvas bag full of books and basically just reads all day. That's crazy. And I, that's his week where he doesn't, do much business planning he's not on his phone he's not emailing he's out out he's off the radar and yet he's still reading like 600 pages a day 700 pages a day that's crazy 
Yeah. Now, That's obviously, a lot of pages. dude, I've moved away from uh, the weed, the super powerful weed situation. Really? Yeah. I'm moving much more towards the mellow side of life. And a big part of that has been my dad grass. Nice, man. I'm really uh, foraging in the grass. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying the grass. It's uh, mellower Splendor vibes. Yeah. There's just, uh, it's just a much uh, nicer, subtler, softer feeling. I'm not sending myself to the moon. I'm keeping myself uh, right within our solar system. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Daggrass is great. Smokable CBD. Um, it just doesn't get you high the way that. Right, right. <laughs> the way that that powerful lab weed does. Mm-hmm. It's a much more uh, mellow, nice feeling. Yeah. Sweet dreams are made of CBD, they say. <laughs> and uh, Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash oops. Uh, go to dadgrass.com slash oops for 20% off of your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash oops. Hey, let's, let's, let's switch gears for a second. What's up? I had shows last weekend in New Jersey, and you know who came? Who? Ryan's family. <laughs> Ryan's family came to our shows. Came to my shows. They were all there. His mom, his dad, and his older, his younger brother, Chris. That's crazy. And they really? were fine people. I love they it. were fine people. Thank Good you. folks. Thank you. They're you, very excited to see you. You are... A very clear mathematical outcome of such fine people. <laughs> we can, we can, I see where it comes from. You know, like if you had a neck tattoo and gauge earrings, I'd be like, what happened? You know, where did this go wrong? Like, what, what sort of paint thinner did they have under their sink that, that they lost their son this way? But, uh, no, not even close. Just a, just a great group great group um and it was tough it was a tough show i'm not gonna really? lie there was one table of 15 people hang on ryan i want to talk to you okay. you know what, what what did your folks have to say after uh, the show my mom sent me a selfie just smiling saying i saw francis nice it was so nice to see francis mm-hmm. and my brother was like i saw i saw i met francis tonight and then my dad said that he offered get a beer i was like i was like okay it was awesome i'm glad that they got to meet you and they were excited to meet you and it was good and they said they had a great time at the show that's good yeah i felt really bad your dad asked if after the show if they could buy me a drink and you know the show was at bananas which is in a a hotel and i kind of wanted to just go home Instead of have a drink in a hotel. No offense to bananas and certainly none to Ryan's family. But uh I I just wanted to get back and um I had to drive, so you know, I was not thinking about drinking too much. But you know, awesome, awesome weekend. Was really fun to meet your family. I want to meet Chris's family. Yeah, Chris's family is the final family to I come want to see a, Francis. I want an official Italian. Well, we should go out there. I want to have an official Italian dinner with your family, and I want to eat w- alongside fun. your grandfather, who only insists on eating Italian food. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's in the works if we ever find ourselves up in Westchester. I'm the glad it happened. Yeah. Um, um, that's great, dude. 
The place the bananas claims to have discovered Jimmy Fallon. Is that right? Yeah. Do they still? I mean, maybe now that the new owners own it, they don't like harp on the nostalgia. But like before, there's definitely less nostalgia now. They've taken off all the, the pictures. All those shit. pictures are gone. And is, is the place. monkey still on the stage? No, there's no. Remember there's the monkey? No sort of dais. There's no. That's good. That's good. There's nothing. Yeah. There used to be a monkey on the stage. I used to host there. I've told the story in the pod before, but like I had to run down the highway to get there. Um, they well, asked about you. Really? They want you back. No, they didn't. I'm not lying. Who's and they? The booker, the woman who runs it, Denise. It's. I thought they sold it. Well, she still runs it. That's hilarious. But it's owned by the oh, the helium guys wow. now. Um, dude, good old Denise. They man. want they want you back. Dude, the, that's so funny. I love I dude, I have so, a place in my heart for Denise. She always she's, she's one she's one of the few comedy bookers who just gives you feedback either bef- both before you go on and after you get off. Sometimes it's good feedback, other times it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like Mm-hmm. one time yeah dude i, I just will never forget like it'll be right before you go on stage <laughs> and essentially the feedback is to change how you do comedy like, it'll be like <laughs> try not talking about this and i'm like okay so do you want me to just stand there in silence like that's what i'm planning <laughs> oh, to talk man. About. Uh, but no i haven't been there in a while but that's that's nice to hear that they still want me was her husband there no um but it's a good time i mean the the friday shows were were, were fine the saturday show was electric it was the best comedy audience i've had in a long time you know nuts just nuts and so much fun it's so strange how you know there's so many factors that go into an audience being great um and sometimes it all just comes together and then sometimes you could like okay here's an example so friday night the late show Plenty of people 10 there. O'clock? Yeah. Plenty of people there, but there was one table of 15 and they did not care at all that there was a comedy show going on. Mm-hmm. You know, ordering drinks in full voice, mm-hmm. asking each other, what are you having? What are you having? You know, re- sort of giving feedback with the discussing jokes amongst themselves after they'd finished the joke, after I'd finished the joke, right? Like, I'd be like, blah, 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 and then, you know, she ghosted me or something, and they'd be like, huh, remember that time so-and-so ghosted you? And <laughs> and then they'd have a conversation, and, and they're right, I mean, it's a small room. Yeah. And you can't get mad at them because they're such a big group that they account for, like, 25% of the audience. Yeah. So you can't kick them out. You don't want to alienate them. Um. And you're trying to just work with them. In fact, I was playing to them, mm-hmm. hoping to that by to... giving them more attention, they would come to my side. But they were just, they didn't care at all. And it was so tough. But then on Saturday, everyone, you know, twice as many people, and yet everyone was on the edge of their seat, like, Loving listening to me as if I was, you know... Jordan a, Peterson. A televangelist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old JP. World's um, most confusing man. Dude, sometimes in those situations when I have a tr- there's a troubled group and I'm trying to get them to like pay attention and I'm spending too much time on them, I start to feel like 
like bad. Like I forget what what book this was, but I, we were reading some novel in high school, and they were talking about how like the troubled kid will get more attention from the mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. and the good kid just inevitably doesn't need as much, but then ends up being neglected. And I start to feel like that about the audience, and I start to feel guilty. Mm. And I'm like, these people who are behaving perfectly well and are 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 not getting the attention they deserve, and the troubled sore thumb mm-hmm. is getting all the mm-hmm. attention. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a I, I, it's a good point. You know, it's uh, I think we do that a lot in the world. Yeah, yeah, we do. Like <laughs> being, you know, sort of a little bit. Of, have you, Have you been watching um, Pam and Tommy? No. It's good. It's good. I gotta check it out. I'm really enjoying it. Dude, so I went to dinner last night. Yeah. I went to Four Charles Prime. Are you joking me? Nope. You went last night? Yep. I went last night. How'd you do that? Dude, I it, it was funny. This we'll talk about this story on the next pod because it's uh it's a very good one. Uh-huh. Uh the reason why I was being treated to Four Charles Prime oh my God. is a very interesting story. Wow. That we'll need to share next I time. I can't even imagine. But while I was sitting there enjoying my the greatest burger ever created in the history of the world, (laughs) the guy who was taking us to dinner looks at my pants and goes, those bird dogs? Come on. (laughs) I swear. Oh, look at that. I go, they sure are, buddy. Best restaurant in New York City. And of course, he's wearing his bird dogs. What else would you wear? Yeah, This guy knows how to sniff out a good product. Sure does. Uh, And dude, what a great pair of pants. Yeah, absolutely. Great pair of shorts. There's no better pair of pants to be treated to a great meal in than bird dogs. That's for sure. I was down in Florida, busted out my bird dogs. I was just ripping it all over town, doing every activity. Nice. Go to birddogs.com. Use promo code banana. It's changed, guys. Promo code is banana. And you'll get a treat with your first order of bird dogs, a whistling football. Promo code banana, birddogs.com. Get some today. I'm enjoying it. And you know what else I, st- I started? What? Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Guys. You liking it? Euphoria is the Jack Harlow of TV shows. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, you know, I get it. It is so, so Gen Z, and I love it. I it's get. I, I feel like I get Gen Z now. I understand. How, how deep are you? Four episodes in. Nice. I mean, but we're watching like two a night, which yeah. is a lot for us. Yeah, it's good. Two to three. Uh, you know, we, I mean, man, the, the, uh, I've never seen it. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to say right now that from a, from a framing perspective and from a directing perspective, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's pretty great. Yeah. The shots, the way they just, they take their time with their transitions. They hold on faces. Mm -hmm. There's tons of slow-mo, but it doesn't feel overwrought. Uh, They take liberties with format, too. Like, the episodes aren't the same. Uh, It's good. It's good stuff. It's all over the place, and it's unique. This guy, Sam Levinson, is his name? I know. You know, I looked him up. He'd done a couple things before of, you know, but nothing that was as groundbreaking as this mm-hmm. the show's a hit what a hit dude dude my favorite guy is yo ru you tripping F- what's his name <laughs> frey fur uh what the fuck's his name dude the drug dealer yeah fez fez fezco yeah he looks like mac miller he does dude i thought it he was really mac does. miller at he first he really does it's kind of like trippy sometimes You're yeah like, ah, i know um i mean it's just a ama- an amazing show obviously 
there is uh there's some I think that a little bit um I think that Nate is a little cartoon I think he's a little bit of a caricature. Interesting. You know, the whole like high school quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, if a guy like again, I'm only four episodes in, no spoilers here, but if a guy to high school, even the quarterback of the football team, started threatening violence against a girl of your at your high school at a party, like somebody would fucking step in. I, I'm sorry. You gotta keep watching, bro. You gotta keep watching the show. Yeah. But I agree with the feedback in general. There is sort of like, okay, this fucking guy. But, you can't but just beat people you gotta keep up. Watch, you, gotta, like, no, totally. you gotta keep watching. I don't watching. care where you are in America. I mean, you gotta keep watching. Yeah. You gotta keep watching. Oh, ooh. Well, maybe, gonna, maybe I will. No spoilers. Dude. No spoilers. Yeah. Zendaya is great. She's, She's very so understated good. in her so acting. Good. I'm impressed. She's got a cool look. She wears those long shorts like she's in the N1 mixtape tour. Dude, there's um, one character. I've been trying to figure this out. Um, that, by the way, that is, was not an underappreciated comment. The long shorts, like the N1 mixtape tour. Okay. We flew by it. Dude, I was walking uptown the other day and I just saw like, like fucking dozens of 12 year old girls dressed like that. So is this show influencing the hell out of? I think that generation of people style wise, it has to be how young are the, are the watchers of this show? How young does it go? I think any age that you're allowed to, you know what I mean? If you like are on TikTok and shit, you've always all over TikTok, dude, if I had a 14 year old daughter, I wouldn't, I would not want her watching this show. Think about this. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I understand there's the rape. There's fucking horrible drug scenes. It, I don't care. I mean, again, I'm early in the show, but this show is not deterring people from doing drugs. As far as I can tell, it's not. Uh, and and hard drugs, really hard drugs at a really young age. I don't, yeah, I don't want to say more. There's full-blown only... hard dicks. There's dicks there's everywhere. A dick. There's a lot of dick. There's so much dick. Mm. I mean, you know, there's more dick than there is boob. There's a lot of dick. As far as I can tell. A lot of pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> there is, though. There is a lot. Chris, do you watch this show? You watching these show? Chris is my resident Gen Z guy. I watched uh, like seven episodes in the past three days. Oh, shit. So I'm super up on it. Yeah. I have Wait, this. have you watched Chris, all the you- episodes? I'm on, I'm on the season finale of season one. That's what oh, I'm so you're you're but oh, I haven't you're not until far like ahead three of, days ago. You hadn't watched it. It's, it how is well, it? Well, I had watched Chris, the first episode, but it was just like so much. Yeah, it was a like, lot. oh my god! And then I just didn't watch it, and then something happened, and I was just like, let me just watch it. And the Ryan, story. You up? Sorry, I mean to interrupt you, Chris. He, Chris Ryan has finished season one. Um, Chris, continue. Yeah, the story is. I mean, the cinematography and the edit is yeah. just like unbelievable. unbelievable. I just like am in awe of it, and the story is obviously great, and just like the whole production of it, I've just like fallen in love with how they shot it, and yeah. the editing is ama- like for a show, like it's and the crazy. music. I love all the Music's, music. It's like the music Drake that I listen to, like curated, curated era. Yeah, yeah, they're like Drake's the producer on the show. Too. Yeah, they're like executive producers. They're like listed second and third. Um, yeah, yeah it's just. I've like fallen in love with everything besides the story, but then that makes me like love the story just as much. There's something for everybody. Yeah. But like, <laughs> don't you agree? The first episode is just so much. It's a lot. And for then sure. I was just like, 
oh my god i want to like relax at the end of the day this yeah. is like a lot but then it's obviously not as intense in all of those episodes Hill Dogger, I, i've been uh, i've been told that the, the yeah. ensuing seasons are actually a little less jarring well i think the first episode they're just trying to tell the story and it's just all this shit happens at once yep yeah so it's just like a lot but it's not as dramatic because it, right. it spans across a lot of shit happens but it spans across like seven Dude, episodes. Appar- you yeah. know what's wild? It, it, this is this is like that term you know. Which one? Where you haven't heard of a concept, and then all of a oh, sudden yeah. you start hearing it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because we started this, and then this morning I woke up. Andrew Schultz, he's like, I just started watching Euphoria. This shit's crazy, or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how is it that what what happened culturally that all of a sudden people are jumping on now? Because it's not like. The new season just started, right? Or maybe it no, did. No, it did. The, the, How many the, seasons are out? Two. The second season. The final episode comes out. Well, I yeah. guess it's out by the time this episode comes out. But the final episode is on Sunday. Yeah. Of, of season, season, season two. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. But the, What? Is the name of the episode? No, that's the phenomenon. Uh, the frequency yeah. illusion. But is this is this said. is my point, right? We're we're whatever nine tenths of the way through season two. Why would all of a sudden this be the moment when so many people are jumping on board the ship? I will say that a lot a lot of hit shows land during season two. True, that is a thing. I remember that with Entourage. Mm-hmm. I remember like binge watching Entourage. Yeah. Um, but you okay. know what's nice is that. With Euphoria, it's it's almost such a cultural ph- phenomenon that we are not hearing from all those fucking losers who are like, "You're just starting now." I've been watching it from the <laughs> jump. I watch. I set my clock to it. We reserve Sundays and on Sunday nights. You know, fuck those people. Like, let us come on board now. Having said that, I read Harry Potter book one. <laughs> Before anyone knew what it was. <laughs> well, she was still writing it. A- exact. Honestly, I was like, I was reading the napkins she was throwing draft. out that she was scribbling on. And I was telling people about it. And the fact that I didn't even get a look to audition for some of those Weasley brothers is like a little. Not cool, dude. It's always been a little bit of a, of a sore spot Not for me. Not cool. I think that um, because it is an appointment, uh, what is it? What is it called? Like appointment, appointment television. television? Yeah. Like uh, it's constantly in the loop. Like it's not just a one-time show. It's like yeah, that's true. Tiger King was cool for like whatever three weeks, and then you never hear about it. But this season's been going on since like January first to February. That's right. like two months. That's interesting. It's just always there, and you're like, all right, maybe I should watch it. And yeah. then you give it a chance because people are always talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to ask you a question too. about uh, about one of the characters. So Cassie. Who was naked a lot in the show? I I had she was in White Lotus. Right? She was, and I remember uh, seeing her in White Lotus, and she plays like a much more understated part in that uh, show. And I would argue has a lot of range for playing two characters who are similar aged, kind of whatever. But she was saying how she started to get critical acclaim after White Lotus, whereas in Euphoria, you could argue her performance was just as impressive, if not more, just because of how much had to be done. But she was saying that. Nobody was really talking about it because she got naked. And I think that's an interesting huh. discussion because I think she's probably right, dude. You think that getting naked discredits her or that people are not as willing to talk about it because what's what's the I idea I think the there? former. I think it's like the fact that getting naked discredits you or something. Oh. Which I don't feel that way, but it's an interesting... I have no... Honestly, I have no idea. That's yeah. just one of those things that I cannot speak to. 
mm-hmm. because I'm a cis white male. Right. I mean, but still, like, it, it, you know what I mean, though? Yes, totally. Like, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to say, and I'm sure that there is some merit to it. What? Like, what the fuck do I know about the, you know, the credibility of being a 20 year old actor, actress? I don't even think we're supposed to say actress anymore. Uh, a female actor who, you know, compares two roles, one where she takes her clothes off and the other where she doesn't mm-hmm. and all of the claim is for the one where she's clothed and and what do we attribute that to like I, what what how do i comment on that no, I, don't, totally, I don't know totally. shit about that so but okay but but even just for discussion's sake like the idea of that is an interesting thing to think about it had been sort of in front of my face and i know that like certain people you know some of the great actors of our generation that like I, I don't know have have said specifically that they shy away from that because they think that it is a discrediting thing. And it's an interesting like uh, topic, I guess. Yeah, but I my guess is that there are also movies or TV shows where actors and actresses have gotten naked uh, where people have lauded them for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think of Halle Berry in Monsters Ball, which was a very graphic sex scene yeah. with Billy Bob Thornton for which, I mean, she won best actress for the whole, the movie. Right. And I'm not saying that like, it certainly wasn't causality. She didn't win because of that scene, mm-hmm. but her performance in general was so incredible that I think it didn't matter. Ugh, right. I have no idea. Again, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. Um, Can you believe this, by the way? Quick note. Sis, C-I-S, you know that term. Cis, yes, well, that's that's three sevenths of my name. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I have it in my name. That's crazy. Francis. How have we? How, did you letter just think for of that? letter. Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> three sevenths of my name. <laughs> I think that's like uh, what is it? You know, I, it's like I can't point, do that. It's I like, can't do that. It's point. It's point four two. Or 0.43%. It's 43% of my name. Nearly half. Can you look up three sevenths as a decimal? I think, wait, don't tell me first, really quick. I think it's going to be, it's going to be like, yeah, it's, it's 42, point, 42, uh, 0.28, 42.28% or 0.29% if you round it, because it's 5.7 after that. That's very good. Yeah, one seventh is point one four two eight five seven, and two eighths is point two eight five seven one four. Anyway, I wish you guys could see the look on Ryan's face. Oh, you can see the look on Ryan's face. That's awesome. I like to do math for <laughs> Ryan. Shout out to the multicam, yeah, multicam setup. Um, the sevenths are funky. That was very uh, decimal impressive. Points. That was some solid math on the fly. You know, <laughs> well, you know oh, me. Yeah, knowing a lot of stuff that doesn't help, dude. That that then, dude, that helps. Being able to do that, that helps. helps. There's conversion with that. Like people who can do that tend to just excel. Yeah, all my friends are making a lot of yeah. money doing that. As long as you can be semi personable, just because like that skill tends to come with like social ineptitude yeah <laughs> if you can like figure out how to talk to people and i and i know that stuff and yet i chose i chose a yeah. career where you know unfortunately reciting sevenths as decimals isn't exactly funny <laughs> doesn't exactly bring the laughs 
Yeah. Down at the old stand. All right, guys, for my closing bit, <laughs> hit me with a fraction. <laughs> 11 over 29. You guys okay. ready for some mental math? <laughs> um, dude, that's great. Wait, well, what were we talking about? We've been talking about euphoria. No, we're talking nudity about nudity. being taken. Oh, dude. Seriously. So it is funny because, like, okay, a, one scene that, like, a nude scene that changed my life, rest her fucking soul, Kelly Preston and Jerry Maguire naked. Changed my life, dude. Is she the girlfriend in the early the when he early first starts sex, dating? Sex yeah. scene. That was like the most triggering thing of my <laughs> development. That scene. It Why? Was because it was just like she. I just thought that she was like a goddess. Uh. She. I don't not think that now. I, yeah. I agree. Still, I just am now a more well-rounded individual who is not as easily triggered nice. by things like this. Nice. Well said. Good growth. Um. Good growth. Mm-hmm. Um. But dude, that shit fucked me up dude mm. seeing that was like problematic i was like what do i do how do i accept the fact that i'm not going to be able to ever do that oh that's what you you already felt i maybe inadequate perhaps as a as what as the recipient of her love making so let's just say that was part of it but also the fact that i couldn't that moment be a participate was also frustrating in in the scene <laughs> <laughs> I know the scene. I know the scene. She's running the show. She goes, don't ever stop fucking me. (laughs) And he goes, sooner or later, I'll have to stop. He says that? Yeah. And then she's like, ah. And it's just like this insane, like 20 second sex scene that just wasn't quite long enough. Uh I would have liked to see Mm -hmm. the extended Mm -hmm. cut Mm -hmm. as a 14 year old. Um, But that was, yeah, that was a big moment for me. But to the point, you know. You well, you just I don't know whatever. That was sort of a side. That was sort of a side tangent. <laughs> Ryan like that. <laughs> Ryan's enjoying this. Ooh, I like that. At that moment, at fourteen, yeah, I knew you would not have been able to satisfy a grown woman, a, a gorgeous with grown very woman. you know lofty career ambitions who would take her, you know, <laughs> take it out on the men she worked with, basically. <laughs> All right, Francis, you're looking swole. Yeah, I well, love it. And you know, I always wonder things about people's routines when they're able to kind of like make the progress that they had intended to what part of that do you attribute to diet uh well a lot almost almost you know i don't know 50 percent of it right at least yeah you know it's 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 exercise and it's diet and it's those two things go hand in hand for sure and a big part of my diet of course is how i start my day breakfast is a very important part of my day Mm -hmm. and i'm always starting my day with the magic spoon dude i love it that's every day now. Dude, it's a great it's a great thing for accomplishing your fitness goals. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net gram carbs in each serving, uh, net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, we got? fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and Francis's favorite, maple waffle. Go to magicspoon.com slash oops to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code oops at checkout to save five bucks off your order. And Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next bowl of delicious guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash oops. Use the code oops, $5 off. Okay, let's uh, wrap it up with an email. Um, this, This one's called How to Move Forward. Oh. Okay, here we go. 
Hey, Julian Francis, longtime listener of the pod and big fan. What is this, Japan? Love it. <laughs> Appreciate your perspectives. The reason I'm writing you is to get your advice on how you would approach my situation or any words of wisdom you may have. I'm in my mid-20s working in commercial real estate and genuinely enjoy what I do. Um, I'm going to put everything on the table. When in college, I would have considered myself charismatic and full of life. Being a part of multiple clubs, organizations, wholeheartedly enjoyed meeting new people. I made the choice my senior year to pursue a career in the military following a passion to serve against my family's approval. I felt proud about my decision and spoke openly about this career choice, but prior to shipping, I got injured, canceling my pipeline for training. Wow. After getting multiple medical waivers from doctors and feeling 100% ready to go, COVID was in full effect and delayed any possibility to start my training. Eventually, I was forced to get out of the military because my contract technically expired. I want to say that I take full responsibility for not leaving uh, when I was supposed to, and take accountability for the situation. From my original ship date to my dis discharge took two years. Uh, during this time, I lived at home in a negative environment with my parents. I love my parents and appreciate them allowing me to live at home, but it was not a healthy environment. Seeing my classmates get jobs, houses, cars, and progress in life while I was living at home, bouncing from shitty job to shitty job, put me in a dark place. During this time, I created a nihilist attitude towards life, and for a long time, I avoided conversations about my job and experience in the military. I honestly have a hard time having conversations with new people now, knowing uh, what to say other than having a surface level bullshit conversation. Things eventually changed when I moved out and found this job. I still encounter feelings of imposter syndrome, which is mentally debilitating. A part of me feels this chapter of my life is unresolved. I have a hard time, quote, mapping my life with this conflict of whether to join again or be done with military service altogether. Oh, my God. Yeah. So does he have a question at the end there? That's the question, I think. It's like he... Yeah, I get it. Just, he feels like... I, I don't even know. It's like I get a, it. I get it. I get it. I mean, okay. Let's work backwards. Yeah. The first thing is you should never join the military, I don't think, to uh, sort of, I guess, fill in an unresolved part of your life that was the military you're not like you you know this guy was very gung-ho signed up that's great all sorts of external factors contributed to him not having the military experience that he thought he was going to have and now for the sake of conversation he's kind of considering going back and doing it so that it can be a more, I guess, real badge for him to wear and mm -hmm. to talk about. I, I don't think that that's the right way to think about it. So, yeah, no, I agree. But if I, that's it, and maybe I'm mischaracterizing, but like that, let's put it this way, right? Let's say that I made the decision to climb Everest. Mm hmm. And I was all set to go. And then, you know, I had told a bunch of people that I was going over there. I was going to do it. And I trained and all that, bought my permits, bought my gear, had my guides, my flights, everything. Weather goes, gets terrible. The whole trip is canceled. Years, COVID happens. Years go by. And now, you know, I'm, I'm nervous to have conversations with people because I know that if the Everest thing comes up, I have to constantly tell them, yeah, it didn't work out. I'm not going back to Everest years later simply to like 
prove them wrong or, you know, change the tone of those conversations that I'm worried about having so that I can now actually say I did go. Right. The only reason to go back to Everest is because it matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's a self-determined desire. This is for me. This is what I want. Right. Right. That's my take. Yeah, agreed. And honestly, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with just like a real update about what happened and what's happening. I completely agree. That's that's how you get past the surface level bullshit. You just tell, talk about what happened. And this is another important thing. I think an important lesson here for anybody at any point in time in their life is you kind of have to remain flexible. Like you can you can plan things, but like you got to listen to the wind a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if cool new opportunities come out, uh, come up and you find yourself in a new place that you never expected, that's not bad. Right. You know, and like, who knows? You can only plan so much. So like, if if you would just end up never joining the military, that is n- in no way a knock against your plan to join the military. You had intended to join. It's not like you deserted. You have an interesting story about why it has not worked out yet. Now you have a new good job. Like, don't be so married to the plan, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe maybe this is how it was meant to be for you. You know, I'm not like a destiny person by any means, but like things have worked out in a way that sound all right, you know, and I know that you went through a tough time kind of as any young 20s person does trying to figure out their life and find their way. I would argue that that's a pretty tough age for a guy. Yes. You know, from like post college up until 25, like you're just thrown out to the fucking wolves. All of a sudden, everybody treats you like an adult. All the girls are like going out with older established guys and like you can't really hack it and it sucks. You know, so like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're not unique for going through that. Uh, and, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. But like, don't be so married to the idea just because you decided one day you were going to do it. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Th- this is such a great answer from Julio. I, I, I really completely second everything you said. And and this idea that, um, you know, look, you're looking at that age for purpose and 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 who you are and all of that. And he had certainly tacked a lot of his self-definition to, I would think, the military, right? And if you keep an open mind, as Julio said, you'll find other things that will define you, Um, whether it's a hobby or your work and, you know, just staying open. Again, just everything Julio said, I think, I think is spot on, Um your 20s are a total time of puzzlement, mm. uncertainty. Every day you wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do today? I don't like my job. You know, should I leave? What am I supposed to be doing? And the answer, I think, if you have the luxury of flexibility, is trying new things. Mm-hmm. Trying new things professionally, forging ahead, you know, meeting different people, dating different people traveling whatever it is it's not a waste of time no you will learn something and by learning that you'll learn things and you will also learn whether or not you like that thing which will just get you closer to the thing that you want to be doing mm-hmm. you know yeah that's it that's good Very go out nice. there and get it guys go get it <laughs> um i guess that's it what, what's going on francis oh boy oh boy april 8th and 9th gotham comedy club new york city francis ellis headlining my big new york weekend i hope to see you guys there Tickets are selling. Go to FrancisEllis.com. You'll get those tickets before they sell out. Um, yeah, and also, you? I'm assuming tickets are going to be sold out by now, but uh, March 24th in Boston, we have... That's right. P- potentially a two-show. I don't know. Our like, second show. Our this. second show of City Winery. We listed yeah. it. We haven't really promoted it yet, so there may up? be some tickets. Yes, it's up. Oh, amazing. 
Yeah. Okay. There may be some tickets left if you got s- smoked on the first one because that sold out very quickly. There are some tickets up, but if 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 they're sold out by the time of this airing, apologies. Apologies. We'll be back. Um, and I got some more dates coming up. So thank you guys and adios.